Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Busy times in the cyclocross world, so also busy times for us talking about cyclocross. But after today, there's a two days of rest for us and the riders. But with me here today to talk about the World Cup in Dendermond is Issa. Hello everybody. As I just said, we'll be talking about the World Cup in Dendermond. It was the third round here of the World Cup out of five races. So really the classification is starting to shape up. It was Michael van Tournout who was going into this race as leader of the World Cup. But how did the race go, Issa? Well, uh, before the race, there was, of course, a little bit of discussion if the race would go ahead because there was a lot of uh, wind, a lot of gusts of wind, actually, with some actually reaching uh, almost 100 kilometers. Uh, but at 12 o'clock, they, uh, they knew what was going to happen and the races would go on. In the men's race, it was a very good start for Vanderpool. Van Aert was good as well. Turenhout showed his colors uh, in the first lap. We saw actually a hiccup of Van Aert colliding or not even colliding the bikes of uh, Van Aert and Van Kessel came together they struggled a little bit to get them out of each other and then they went on that was no real problem for Van Aert and he he managed to get back in the the front uh, quite uh, quickly it was Hermans who was a little bit in front Van Der Poel who 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 was there Uh, Hermans actually tried to to make a gap Van Der Poel followed pretty quickly uh, but uh, Van Aert saw the danger and uh, reacted also and uh, came with them. And this is only lap one. It was very slow, a lot of running, uh, very muddy, and it was very slow racing, but it was uh, entertaining, uh, I have to say. Into lap two, Van Aert decided that it was enough. He thought that the pace was too low and the group too big, and he tried to make a gap. Um, the only one that was able to follow at that moment was Van Der Poel. Uh, the others just, you know, couldn't really follow it. And then we had a duel, at least that was what we were thinking. And in round three, uh, Van Aert was, uh, was having enough of Vanderpool's uh, company and uh, tried to, to get rid of him. And it happened. Uh, the gap went from 6 to 10 to 12 to 15, 26. We were on 31 when lap three was on an ending. And at that moment, we knew what was going to happen. Uh, Van Aert... Uh, was going into the distance van der poel never saw him back again and uh, the, you know the gap just kept growing and growing um what was then at that moment a little bit interesting was the battle for third where uh the leader of the world cup actually van turenhout um was trying to get that third place but tone arts was having a very strong race even going over the barriers uh finding himself in the mud but luckily enough landing in the mud is not that uh hard to do and um Donarts was was really strong and you know got himself in that third place and didn't let it go. In the last lap, he was even, you know, a little bit considering thinking about second place, but Vanderpool hold him off pretty strongly, and uh, it was Donarts that would had to settle for third. So this strong performance here by Wout van Aert, not really much we can say about it. It was just simply the best, and this season is beginning to look more and more like the. 2017 2018 nah maybe even a bit more like 2016 2017 season you can see that van aert on the faster park courses is just a bit worse than van der poel but on courses like this he is just better he simply can push the high wattages for a longer period of time it kind of reminded me of the race in um, bredene in 2017 where before the race uh, there was a lot of talks about van aert being the favorite there as well and ultimately there it was after one or maybe two laps that he distanced himself from van der poel just like he did here there he won with one minute 30 today the gap was a bit bigger almost three minutes so 
quite a big gap actually but Van Aert really find a parkour here that suited him the running the high number of power that really benefited him here today but you could also see that Van der Poel didn't have the motivation because in the interview before the race he was already saying I don't really like the parkour it's nothing for me so I think that also uh, contributed to the fact that the gap was so big yeah it's it was um you know the gap of course became really big after the mental aspect played a big role you know Van Aert was not going to stop in any way shape or form and you know Vanderpool knew that you know after lap three the race was done because 30 seconds in one lap uh, that's that's a pretty big gap so from that moment you know there is nothing to do against this Van Aert this Van Aert is 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 going to be unbeatable. I, I, it reminded me a little bit as well on the the World Championships we had in 2018 with Falkenberg. I think that that really was also a race where where Van der Poel and Van Aert, you know, in the first two laps, I think, were pretty close to each other, and then Van Aert was like, okay, I I can go a little bit faster, and Van der Poel just had no answer. And you know, it's uh, Falkenberg was of course a little bit more hilly, but there was also a lot of running in it, and I think the running part really just killed Vanderpool a bit. I think so as well, because even though Vanderpool isn't the worst runner, he clearly isn't the best runner either. I mean, Van Aert runs super fast. If you look on the Strava, you can really see that the times he runs per kilometer are... Those are serious times that he runs. Yeah, that's true. And don't forget, in the history of you know, Van Aert, before he was a cyclocrosser, he did also a lot of, of running uh, because he was he was member of an uh, athletic uh, club uh in his his in hometown so you know the guy really you know happy doing running from his from his youth ages so he he knows how to run he's an athlete from from uh his childhood and that really helped him in this race i think vanderpool is not a bad runner at all because you will not get a second place if you're a bad runner on this race uh, and he was just, you know, he was in front of the likes of Tonais and Van Turnout. So he did a really good job. But today there was just one guy that was above the rest. In third place, we find Tone Arts behind these two guys, and I think he did a really solid race. He isn't in the best form. He has slightly been injured because of the accident he had with the van on training. Third place here in top shape. I think he could have beaten Van der Poel, but third, super solid. He paced himself well, starting relatively slow and then slowly but steadily overtaking riders, riding from group to group, and then in the end, ending third. Yeah, I, you know, Tone Arts did a very small head done a very smart race as well in, in, in Zolder. And I think today in Dendermonde, it just showed that uh, the guys that were a little bit smarter in, in, in Zolder, where we have said that if you think about both races and you want to do good in both races, you, you should not be using all your energy in the first race because that will cost you in the second race. And Tonars is really an example of one of those guys that did a smart race in general this today, but also was yesterday pretty smart as well and, you know, used his energy pretty well. And, you know, it very strong performance. And indeed, I think if Donarts was on his 100%, I don't think he's far off, by the way. But if he was on his 100%, he, he could have threat uh, Vanderpool for second. 
I think he misses a bit and his team manager Sven Nice said that as well uh, during the race interview. He said that Tone Arts, because of that injury, was missing this few percentages that he could go just over his maximum, that he could go 105% for 5 minutes and that's why he was going probably 95% for the entire race. That's what Sven Nice said and I think you could really see that that was true during this race. Yeah, you you could really see that, and uh, you know, such a uh, accident that he had and the injury that he had that you know that's not something that uh, will go away in uh, one or two days. You know, you will you will feel that, and especially if you will lose a little bit of training days, you will feel that in your shape. But it seems that he is getting over that now, and definitely a strong performance from Tonars today. Let's run down the entire top 10 then. Behind the podium of Van Aert, Van der Poel and the Aert, we saw the leader of the World Cup, Michael van Toornhout, in front of Zweig, Van Kessel, Hermans, Ronnaar, Thijs Aerts and Gianni Vermeers. So first about the fourth place, Michael van Toornhout, he now lost his lead in the World Cup. But I don't think he rode a bad race, he really pushed himself to the maximum and he kept on fighting during the entire race. Yeah, not, not a bad race indeed for Van Toornhout, I think it could have been worse than that. Uh, in the end, just finishing fourth is... You know he lost his lead in the in the World Cups, but um, I think for now it's it's still all right. There is uh, a lot to play for still, uh, and he shouldn't definitely not be disappointed with his race. I still think though that his race of Zolder hampered him a little bit today, missing that extra, because I don't think that you know this is this is not a race that suits Van Turen out completely. But I think that he could have gone a little bit longer with Tonarch for sure. Further down to the top 10, we see a really impressive ride by Pim Ronnaar, just 19 years old, ending here in 8th position, the rider from Paul Sauze Bingle, under 23 rider as well, don't forget that, 8th place, really good job by him, he's super talented and I think this really shows it. Yeah, that's true. He struggled a little bit with 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 some of the races, especially because you have to run with the lead riders. But today, I think it's his second uh, top ten of of the season, and you know it's really uh, good to have such a performance at such a hard parkour. Because don't forget, this is really a a really tough parkour. It's even his first top 10 of the season before he got 5th at the European Championships and then Boss. But first top 10 of the season in such a hard race really shows that there is uh, some big talent inside that guy. Of course he came close to the top 10 with an 11th place in Bowman, 14th in Gavre. But making that last step in the top 10 and then doing it in the World Cup, really impressive. And you could also say that Thijs Arts, he's usually also just outside of the top 10 and now ending 9th. Good job by him as well. Yeah, also a good result from Thijs Arts. And, you know, those are also really guys that love the mud, love these kind of races. Uh, you can also say that from Vermeers. Um, I think he might have uh, wanted a little bit more than this, but he also liked the mud and getting a top 10 is not that bad. Uh, and I think that the both Thormans guys also did put in a, a pretty good show. Well, they might like the mud, but you couldn't really say the same for Pitcock and Lars van der Haar today, both not finishing the race today. What was up with them? I don't know. I think for Van der Haar it was uh, mentally already very hard to to get himself through the starting line because uh, in his interviews yesterday and today he you know he he just showed that he had you know zero interest in doing this race and he's you know forced because of his uh, classification. You know he tried it and he saw that there was nothing to do in this race and when he was outside of the points he knew that it was enough and he had enough of the race and he just stepped out. I think for for Pitcock. That's that's a different story. I would say that maybe that race of yesterday, yeah, he did a lot of chasing after his, uh, his his mishaps in the first lap where he had to come back. I don't know exactly what the reason was for today that he dropped pretty quickly after lap one. 
yeah, definitely not a not a good result. And Pitcock is not really a guy that would DNF so fast. Maybe he just had an off day in the beginning. He maybe blew himself up a bit as well, trying to close the gap after he had to start on the second row. And maybe that just contributed to the fact that he didn't have the greatest day. In combination with that, maybe his head just went down a bit. And it is a busy period of racing, so perhaps both Van der Haar and Pitcock thought, okay, let's drop out of the race, get into the camper, get warm, don't risk getting sick for for what for 15th or 20th place at least not the places where they want to end they don't even end in the points around those places i think for the uci points they don't have to do it so perhaps their focus shifted towards other races because in three days time we are racing in bredene and on the first of january we're racing in baal second of january gulligum third of january hulst busy time so maybe it's not even the worst decision they made yeah, definitely. I mean, for for Van der, for uh, Van der Haar, for sure, it's gonna be one uh, a good decision to make, especially if you didn't like the race in general. And he 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 lost his fourth place in the classification though for Van der Haar, and I think Pitcock was ninth before entering this race. Uh, they both lost out uh, quite a bit in this 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 type time of the year, this time of the season. You have to make those decisions because all these races that are coming up, if you really go in the red in this race and you really have to, you know, put in a, uh, a lot of effort to make uh, this, this race uh, to a good end and to finish this race, you will, it will cost you in the next uh, following races. Then the last thing that we're going to discuss here in the men's race is a group of riders ending just outside of the top 10. Ben Turner, Thomas Main, Curtis White and Kevin Kuhn, not the riders from the Netherlands or Belgium, all four just outside of the top 10. All four not the oldest riders either. I think they did a good job here in finding a real cyclocross parkour. Yeah, they did a good job indeed. I mean, they um, they showed themselves uh, pretty well. I think for um, for White, we have seen him already a few times at the front starting and you know also uh, trying to be in the top 20. Um, for for Maine, we know that he is a you know uh, a young talent, and the same goes for Turner. Those guys are also in in their age and in their category. They are very good riders, and it's so hard to ride against those elite riders. And I think a very good job for both Turner and uh, and, and Maine, and also for uh, Kevin Kuhn. Then we're going to talk about the women's race where it was Denise Betsema who took the fastest start into the field and Alvarado actually had a pretty bad start. She was in 11th position, almost 20 seconds down at some point in the first lap. But Betsema, she's quickly started to fade from the front. A couple of mistakes, uh, including getting stuck in a deep puddle of mud. Um, she fell in there with her knee, struggled to get out. And that opened the gap for Lucinda Brandt, the leader of the World Cup. She opened the gap and she actually already looked to be cruising to another victory but from the background it was Alvarado who came steaming to the front closed the gap to Brandt and for a time we were on with two leaders until Lucinda Brandt um, I think she made a mistake and Alvarado was able to open a gap of um, 15 seconds so at that point we we're all thinking oh Alvarado impressive stuff here going to win the race but it was Lucinda Brandt who after a bike change where she let some tire pressure, her tire pressure drop. She started closing the gap to Alvarado and she actually overtook Alvarado. Alvarado then started making mistakes and lost connection with Brandt where it was Brandt and eventually who actually went on to win the race. But behind her it was Alvarado who had got company from Clara Honsinger and Alvarado eventually needed to let Honsinger go as well. So Honsinger ended second in front of Alvarado who got third. 
Lucinda Brandir making it 3 out of 3 in the World Cup. What can we say about the race? Because personally, the situation with Alvarado reminded me a bit of the Belgian Championships men's race in Kruibeke. Yeah, yeah, it did remind us a little bit about that when Van Aert um, uh, missed his start a little bit, tried to make up for that. Uh, overtook everybody, was looking to win the championships, and then Tonarts came back and uh, eventually won that race. I think Brandt kept her head cool and knew what was going on. She didn't panic at all, and she just knew, okay, Alvarado is now gone, but I the gap is still reasonable, and I can still close it down, and Alvarado just maybe a little bit too fast uh, in the mid midway through the race. So um, Alvarado, I think she, you're right, she might have blown up and you could say the same for Denise Betsma who was leading halfway through the first lap, falling down to 8th and it's pretty easy to blow up on a parkour like this and I mean it's hard to compare the parkourses between the men's and the women's race because the men needed to walk more because the women, so they they broke the parkour, they made it more and more muddy and I think, I mean it's hard to say what's easier, running or riding but either way it's super hard but they like needed to push the pedals longer and longer and if you're running you have some sort of different type of exercise that you're doing so maybe it could benefit you i'm not too sure in that but it definitely wasn't the easiest race and if you blow up you're falling back very far yeah the the problem with these kind of races is when you are you know when you have to cycle and then you have to run then you have to cycle again uh, the problem is that your legs can lactate if you are pushing yourself too much in both the running or in the cycling. So I think you, what you really want to do is you want to try to put yourself in a position where you don't push it too far. You want to be like on 98, 95% of your abilities to save those legs. Because if you blow up at such a parkour, you cannot run and you cannot cycle because you're just done. There is nothing in the legs. And I think that that was a little bit the case for Alvarado because she had nothing left to defend herself from Honsinger. Yeah, either way, it's both hard, the running and the walking. But, I mean, it's hard to compare. I think it's also very personal. Some riders will prefer the combination of running and riding, whilst others will prefer to have longer running sections or longer cycling sections than hopping on and off the bike. But, I mean, it was a really brutal race, and Clara Honsinger did a good job to end second. I mean, she kind of rode a similar race to Tone Arts, where she didn't start too crazy and then eventually started picking up riders left right and center yeah it's it's, it's becoming a little bit the Honsinger start because it's not the first time we have seen her doing this and we already said that for today she could have been uh, the the woman to be on the podium and uh, I'm very happy that she did so even second place very good performance from her and you know she did a very smart job in the race she tried to uh, manage that race pretty well didn't lose that much energy in the first few laps I was thinking that maybe she she lost out too 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 much but she came back very strongly and even managing to get second place let's walk down the entire top 10 behind Brandt, Honsing and Alvarado it was a really impressive ride by Femme van Empel to end fourth in front of Anne-Marie Vorst and Sanne Kant then we see the leader of the under 23s Cata Blanca Vas in front of Denise Betsema and then rounding off the top 10 are two riders from Credit Shop Freestads Manon Bakker and Yara Kastelein I already mentioned it, Femme van Empel in 4th place, but we need to talk about it a bit more because she rode a really strong race. Just like Honsinger, she picked up a lot of riders and to end 4th here as 18 years old, 1st year under 23, really impressive. 
yeah, it's 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 a very 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 strong race from her, and she this season so far she has been very strong. She started very strong actually, then um, she she went a little bit off, uh, and then just came back again, and then now with the fourth place is her best result this season at such a parkour, and she didn't finish far off. Eh? It was I think only forty seconds, which which was between her and Brandt. And we know how strong Brandt is, and to finish only 40 seconds behind on such a parkour, I think that's a very, very strong performance. Shannon in front of Worst, who rode a solid race, and Sonnenkant in sixth. I think sixth doesn't really represent the race she rid. For a long time, she was in the battle for a podium, and I think uh, on a parkour like this, Sonnenkant can never be counted out for a good result. Yeah, true. We have seen it already this season that when it's really fast, um, Kant is not really on her best. But the moment we see the mud, the moment it's becoming very hard, uh, Kant uh, really comes alive. And today she, she really showed that uh, she is still uh, t- top 10 worthy and even top 5 worthy. Uh, it's a shame though that, that she couldn't fight for that podium. I really would have uh, loved to see her on the podium, to be honest. She had a very uh, hard season so far. Uh, but, you know, she, she did a really good job and she showed herself pretty well. Of course, all the riders here in the top 10 did a good job, but there were some more riders just outside of the top 10 that may be slightly disappointed, Foss in 14th. Um, But on the other hand, I don't really want to... You can't really take this race as as a... Okay, yeah, you didn't perform here, so your season is bad. You won't do anything in the remainder of the season because this is really atypical parkour. You don't see races as muddy as this that often anymore, and certainly not on a parkour like this, so... I've seen people already writing off Foss for the season, and I think that's unfair. Yeah, that's 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 a little bit ridiculous, I would say. I think uh, such a race is it's atypical, like you said, and uh, even the the riders and racers themselves they said it already. You know, a lot of people said it already in their interviews that they don't think it's really part of cyclocross. Some say that they really love it. You know, the the opinions are a little bit uh, out of each each other. Uh, but I think that you know such a race. Uh, it's, it's not really cyclocross uh, representable for a season in a whole. You have you don't have that many races in in a season. You get maybe in the in the nostalgia you get a little bit more. And like five ten years ago, you had like three, four, five, six races that were really this hard. The last few years we have really fast races uh, and races. You know we start already pretty early in the season in in in, in almost in the, not in the summer but very lar- uh, very late. I think that you cannot base one one race and especially this race and say okay this is uh, not going to be her season. Foss uh, showed herself in Essen and I think that Foss is uh, uh, is going to show herself uh, more in several other races. I agree because Anna Kay she ended in 30th place and who was there down there with her Laura Verdonschot 29th, Rochette 27th, Puk Pietersen 23rd. I mean this is just not representative for the entire season. They, this result, you can't pin their season up on this because this is a hard course, like we said, atypical. Uh, some of them raced yesterday. I mean, you really need to be absolutely zen when you start this race and you don't have any time to warm up because you need to be there from the beginning because if you have one bad lap, you can already be 40 seconds down. 
Then the last thing here is um, maybe a bit of an honorable mention. Katie Compton, she ended 25th here, but that isn't representative for the race she rid as well. At some point, she was actually close to being at the back end of the top 10 until she got stuck in the mud for a solid 25 seconds or something like that. And that really cost her her race. And I mean, it's good that they took out that part of the parkour for the men's race because that could have gone really nasty. Yeah, it was... It was a good decision by the organization to to take it off because um, there were a lot of uh, women who were struggling there. Uh, they you know they got really stuck. Uh, even Alfarado was stuck uh, at some point, but got herself loose again. And uh, I think that the organization did well to anticipate on that for the men's race and just get it off. Yeah, you don't need to be looking for injuries because that's also what organizer Jurgen Metapending has said, that he was afraid that if the men were going to go over there and they were running faster but got stuck, that they could get a nasty injury to their knee. And I think Jurgen Metapending made the best decision there. And all props to him because he did everything he could to let this race go through. And in the end, he made the right decision. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, we have to say this is a race we're going to see at least for five years. They have a contract for five years now with um, with, with, with the city, Dendermonde, and uh, also with the World Cup. So we, we're going to see this race uh, for, for, for at least five years. And, um, you know, it, it's if it's not going to rain that much, it's going to be a, a, a whole different race. I think it's very flat, actually. Uh, if the bridge was was in there, which they have removed because of the wind, it, it would have been a very, very fast, flat race. So I think that, uh, that it was uh, a very strong performance. Then I'll just give the standings uh, before we run off this episode. Lucinda Brandt leads Alvarado by 43 points. So remember, 40 points for the winner. Next race in Hulst, if she um, scores three points less than Alvarado then she wins the World Cup already with one race to go so that's going to be uh, interesting to say the least she could uh, skip over Heise then and fully focus on the World Championships but we'll see that in Hulst which is next week but before that on the 30th of December there is more cyclocross the ATS cross in Breden which we'll be discussing then Issam thank you for joining me thank you for having me on and thank you for hosting And with that said, we're going to round off this episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. Make sure to share this podcast with all your cyclocross friends. And then I will see you guys for the next podcast about the ATS Cross in Breitner. Goodbye.